0: My name's Norby, and uh, I'm the managing editor of FootGeeks.com. And with me is uh, Mr. Wyatt Kennedy, writer.
1: Hello. Of, yeah, writer of uh, Bolero, right? Um, yeah, right. Hello. <laughs> oh yeah, did it? Did it freeze for a second? It froze a, a bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <So good. laughs> How are you, sir? <laughs> Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing great, uh, very, kind of, kind of anxious, uh, considering, you know, the release date's coming up, but I, I'm really excited, and it's, it's weird that this thing is just gonna exist in people's homes now more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the amount of, the amount of copies that are printed? Uh, I do know, I, I, I don't know... Because I don't really know the printing process, I don't know if there's, a, like, a definitive, like, if there's a cutoff of how many they printed, but we we sold, I think, about, like, uh, I think, like, a hundred short of 20,000 copies, which, for a first time, like, you know, this is my first comic series ever, I'm, I'm, I'm completely new to this, um, I've been told is very good, so that was, like, very fortunate, and, you know, I'm very lucky that people seem to be really into the idea, and, and you know, so far the early reviews have, have been very kind to both me and Luana. Right, right.
0: Well, you know, Image, you guys are are, are published by Image Comics, and Image Comics are well-known for being their being independent from, you know, and being supporting creators to own their own properties. Oh, yeah. How do
1: you Market your, your, your to, you know, to... Well, it's it's funny because, you know, I, I'm an unknown quantity, and I've been told many times, especially by, like, a lot of the friends that I have here in Portland, um, where there's, like, a lot of image writers and, and illustrators here since it's based out of Portland, um, that there's, like, something that's really exciting to new comic stores about just, like, unknown, like, a brand new creative team, especially with, like, the amount of countless books because, you know, there's there's tons of writers right now who are putting out, like, you know, like, three books a month and then you just have this, like, unknown, like, brand new thing that it's, like, fun to kind of take the risk because, you know, for certain stores to support it, it's kind of being like, oh, yeah, I was there before this, like, really blew up, you know? Right, right. Well, could you tell me about Blur? What is Blur about again? Um, Bolero is about a girl named Devin Dagny. Um, the short version is, is that Devin's just going through a really hard time. I joke a lot that, um, she is going through the period in your 20s that I refer to as Spider-Man 2-ing it, um, in that everything around her is just completely breaking down, uh, her job. She just got out of a, you know, a breakup with someone that she's known for, you know, over a decade, someone that was so important to her. And everyone else in her friend group is just kind of like moving on with their lives. And, you know, she feels completely left out and she feels very aimless. And uh, on a special occasion with one of her friends that is uh, about to enter a completely new part of their life, she just fumbles it, lets, you know, so many people down. And she meets someone who gives her the opportunity to be able to go to any alternate universe, it's just completely picked at random, you can only go to 53, um, and for her, it's, like, an opportunity of just, like, oh, I could do this all over again, and, you know, the worlds can range from something that's, like, completely fantastical, and, you know, whether it's, like, sci-fi, a fantasy, whatever, or they could just be completely mundane and almost just, like, purely identical to where you came from, but an important component is that, like, once you leave, you can't come back. So there's, like, You know, it's like, if you're lucky and you kind of get homesick, the best that you can hope for is ending up in a place that is just, you know, close enough to where you started. Right, right. So, um, there's this cat. (laughs) There's this cat, right? Yes. The correct pronunciation is Capra? Capra? Yes, it is Capra, yeah. looks like a, business, a, or a cat. Yes, he is a little businessman. <laughs> <laughs> right. But of course there's like there are other like awesome cats in, in history and comic book histories, like Garfield or Heathcliff or... <laughs> <laughs> truly tr- truly iconic uh, uh, truly iconic comic cats like Garfield. If, if you were to uh, judge on based on their intelligence which would be Which, uh, how would you rank them? Um, I, well, Capcom is funny because, you know, there's literally layers to him that I, I hope people enjoy kind of figuring out, and, you know, yeah, that's tough. Um,. Because I mean, like obviously, like, going back to like Garfield or Heathcliff, you know, there's there's no point of comparison in terms of the two of them in terms of intelligence. Um, but even something like you know, like lying Cat or something like that, I think, um, yeah, it's. I think the difference between the two of them is that you know, it's like those are actual animals. That are just kind of having human traits, and then Capra is something else that I would probably just best describe as just like presenting as human. Right, right. Of course, uh, when we
0: had our uh, interview, we, I, I asked them how you guys, how you and uh, the artist Luana met. So,
1: uh, how did you guys, how did you really find her? Like, oh no, it's, 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 I, I feel so bad because I, I feel like when I talk about this I so basically what happened was that I in 2019 I did one of the original drafts of it which I hate when I revisited it I, it's so bad it's so incredibly bad um and I was searching for an artist First draft to, to the final one <laughs> Oh, and they're they're completely different. And I think I've I've said before that it started off as like a time loop book. Um, And then I quickly realized that writing time loops is a nightmare. Time travel in general is a nightmare to write. And I didn't think it served like the medium because it's like, you know, I I don't think uh, it's fun for the illustrator to have to just draw the same thing like over and over that a time loop concept would do. And I emailed, like, I was looking for artists, and I was going on, like, Tumblr, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and I sent out around, like, 60 emails, and I got six replies. Um, <laughs> and, I, and, and there were some that I was like, oh, I'm gonna reach out to this dude, they're, like, you know, uh, an up-and-comer, they're, like, aspiring, and it would be really cool, because, like I said, there's that, you know, that unknown quantity element to it. Um, and then there were like some real heavy hitters that I was just like, I'm going to go for broke and try and see if I can get this guy and just like crickets, just like no answer whatsoever. And then as I kept like tinkering with the book, Um, and, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to talk to, you know, a lot of people, like I said, here in Portland who have been working for Image and kind of picking their brain and asking them like, oh, how's the best avenue to go about this? Or like kind of what artistic aesthetic should, you know, it lean towards. And I knew, I knew I wanted a woman to draw this book, especially because, um, I think it's it's kind of hard to put into words, but I think there's kind of like a, a tangible element that would be lost if a guy drew it. Um, and it, 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 I, I was kind of inspired by that thing. I remember when, um, funny enough, when Mad Max Fury Road came out, that uh, George Miller, the director, his wife was the editor on it, and he said something very similar of, uh, you know, if a, if a guy edited it, like, it just wouldn't be as good. And so... You know, I was, I was talking to the Image folks, and they suggested at one point um, Kaspar Wingard, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, um, who does Homesick Pilots, which I think is like a fantastic book, and Homesick Pilots had just started, and I quickly realized there was no way in hell that I could get Kaspar in any way. <laughs> um and so i just decided to see like oh who does Kaspar follow on instagram and then i found luana and you know she was she was doing her uh book lovesick at the time and there was like this you know it's 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 dark and it's it's hypersexual and there was, like, this fearlessness quality to it that I was like, oh, this person, like, you know, obviously, since you've read issue one, you know that, you know, I, there was a, there was another podcast that was very positive to the books, and they said the phrase, boobies out the wazoo. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a, this is a person that's going to be comfortable with it, and, you know, I want to ground it in a way that, you know, all, all of the depictions of, like, sexuality, I want it to be grounded in a way that isn't just, like, cheap, that's not just like oh it's there for the sake of it and i felt like with what luana did on love sick she would be a perfect match and i just wrote her an email just a, just a cold email and was like hey i think you're really great i want to pitch the image would you be interested and she wrote me back like within a couple hours and she was working on a project that was gonna wrap up i think this was i think i emailed her in october and she said she would be mostly available in December, but she was able to kind of, like, jump into it and start, like, character designing and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, she was just, like, completely game, really into the script. Just, you know, it's, it's, it's weird, because I feel like it's one of those things that doesn't just, like, happen easily. It's, it sounds so unremarkable of just, like, I found her on Instagram, and then I emailed her, and then she said yes. <laughs> but it, it really was that easy.
0: I do understand when you said like, oh, it's better where
1: a, a, there's a female touch to it rather than oh, hundred percent having, edit, having a, a male editor or
0: to a to a female editor because what you said earlier about you know you know when when you know when guy artists would draw it's pretty like,
1: sexual. but oh yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> a female artist withdraw, I guess it's pretty more you know it makes more
0: sense. And like they would, they would draw
1: what's necessary or what's yeah more taste, I guess. Oh yeah, and then there's like a you know there's that there's that incredibly graphic two page spread that I feel like in a different artist's hands would have been so like for lack of a better term like kind of gross. That <laughs> um, I think Luana kind of captures this like perfect balance between this this like raw emotional like you know they're devin and this guy are you know screwing and it's not supposed to make you feel good in any way <laughs> you know it's like it's 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 crosscut between her like you know banging this dude and her neglecting her best friend <laughs> that at no point do i expect anyone reading it to be like oh man this is so hot like i just i it's it's not <laughs> If I would describe the genre of your comic, I would say it's like a slice of life and sci-fi. Yeah, say I'd, I'd, I'd say yeah. Is there a correct one? No, I would, I would, I would definitely say it's it's very slice of life, uh, and then you know, leaning into that, I'm, I'm I'm happy that a lot of the positive reviews that I've gotten out of it uh, have said that that you know the the kind of pivot in the last. 10 pages of the book catches them off guard because, and it's, it's deliberate that I wanted them to feel like, oh yeah, like this is, man, this is so sad what she's going through and it's relatable. And then it's like, oh, okay, we're, we're, we're doing this. Um, because I, 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 love this thing with a lot of writers. Uh, I always say like, if you, not the sign of a good story, but the sign of like an interesting one is like, if you were reading a comic and you looked at like the first, like, five pages, and then you looked at the back, like, ten. And it is like, so different than, like, tonally, story-wise, like, just anything you could have imagined. And I hope that it kind of peeps the interest of the reader to go, like, how the fuck did we get here? <laughs> Wait, does, does do the coloring? Yeah, she she is an absolute wonderkin in that she not only illustrates it, she does the coloring. Um, you know, she we're 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 in the process right now of doing the finale issue, and I feel so bad because um, we're. I, I want it to be very ambitious, and I'm having her try a lot of, like, new stylistic things that we, we kind of lightly experiment with in a couple of the, the subsequent issues after issue one, um, but she's just, like, killing it, and I, I don't want to say what some of them are, but, like, the coloring she's doing is just, like, fantastic. How do you write your scripts? Like, like, do you say, do you write it, do you write it, like, <laughs> it. like, oh, there's, there's like two give her like, uh, two sentences for, for a panel. It kind of is. It, it's kind of a letter. It's kind of the two sentence thing because I I have I have a great respect for those writers that can write basically like a novella, <laughs> but I I I can't help but imagine that for the illustrator if there's, like, that over-control thing, yeah. it's kind of doing a disservice to, like, the illustrator's job <laughs> of just being like, okay, like, I, I never wanted to feel like, okay, you figure it out now. Like, I'm just going to give you, like, this bare minimum and then, like, good luck. But, you know... Small uh, thumbnails? No, well, I give her... I give her a lot of reference material. We talk, we, like, before we even start the issue, we talk extensively about, like, the visual language... And we have, like, a bunch of Google Drives where we just, like, throw in, like, so many different things as just reference. I think the heaviest I've ever done, like, dense reference material within the script itself is probably the finale. Because every now, like, Luana will, she'll do the layouts, and her layouts are incredible. They're borderline nearly, like, the finished product. Um, And she'll send them to me for approval, Um, and if there's, like, little things that I think there should just be an adjustment on, or, like, a different way of, like, kind of visualizing, like, the framing of a thing, um, we'll discuss it, um, just so we can kind of have that, like, the strongest impact and the strongest communication, but I just, I just trust her and her particular vision, because, you know, I mean, you've seen the book, she's just, like, utterly incredible. I have a question, um... yeah about this uh, in, in chat and in, in the interview that this story sets in L.A. Right? Yes. I just noticed, that, I just noticed some pages that, like, hey, why is it snowing? <laughs> 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 well, I wanted from the get-go. I wanted to start like I thought it would be. I thought it would be a disservice if we didn't already start in an alternate. World, and I'm not subtle about it. Like I, I'm, I'm glad that there's this kind of like, just like casual normality to it because no one, you're, you're the first person I haven't seen a review yet that points out like, hey, this is kind of weird that it starts out this way because it's between like that and then you know the la la land uh, little bit that's in there with the completely different cast, um, which is actually the the funny thing about that is that, that that's actually the original casting for the movie before it settled on Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Um, and so I was, so I just kind of wanted to pay lip service to that, but I like, um, I just thought, like, uh, I was kind of inspired by Into the Spider-Verse and how, you know, it's it's comfortable just kind of being like, we're gonna start an alternate universe from the get-go, but it's gonna be grounded in the emotions. Yeah. Right, right. Um... But yeah, no, I I, and and also it's just like I love um I I love snow, I love Christmas as an aesthetic because I think it's like really it's it's part of my it's part of my DNA that I think uh comes from me loving the work of Shane Black. Um and and how he sets, you know, like Lethal Weapon, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, all of his films around Christmas because there's this kind of like amplified sadness to it as you know, during, you know, we just passed the holidays and that kind of thing about just like, oh yeah, you know, it's like when you get out of a relationship and then Christmas rolls around and you're like, well, I don't, I don't have anyone to spend it with. I don't have anything to do. If, uh, if you're very, <laughs> if you're very
0: influenced by Shane Black, does it mean that someone in, in this, in your series is gonna die?
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> Um, I don't I don't want to spoil it. Um I will I'll, I will say that there is, there's a lot of loss in in the subsequent issues, but I don't want to say whether or not someone dies. I know that's, like, such a cop-out, because I'm basically saying, like, yeah, someone dies, but, like, not the way you think, but, like, I don't, I really don't want to give it away. Okay, uh, but, okay, um,
0: the, on the pages where it it, have, it it shows that it's snowing, I just noticed that there's a billboard, and
1: there's, like, a Spotify link or something, I spent a Spotify link. and I was like, yes. what, what kind of playlist are we talking about here? Did you scan it? it's you you were also the first person to point that out and I I kind of didn't think I'd be able to get away with that I, I thought when I passed it on image image has a very loose editorial which is mainly just kind of like you know little little tiny tweaks a lot of spelling and grammar kind of you know kind of stuff but there's no one that is ever like you have to completely change this layout or like you have to change these colors and I that is a Spotify account that if you scan it, it will actually take you to Devin's Spotify account. Right, right. <laughs> so, and, there, and there are multiple playlists in her Spotify account. <laughs> okay, so that's a bonus for, for every viewer, or for any reader. I guess, Sorry. sorry. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I, I wanted to do that from the get- I, I wanted to- I'm very inspired by, like, a lot of those kind of, uh, you know, creators that can make as large a world as possible out of their work, and at the to- like, early on, I was so, like, we're going to make a Spotify account, and we're going to make, like, an Instagram account for Devin, and it'll all be in-universe, and then, you know, as production continues, and you're doing all these things, you're like, ah, it's, it's Spotify. And, uh, there was, I
0: think there's a, there's an image title that, and they would, they, they would, uh, release
1: vinyls, right? Yeah, um, is it called Vinyl? No, it's, I forgot, it's like a long title, <laughs> it's, a long, it's a long, comic book title. Yeah, and it, and it just dropped, too, if I'm not mistaken, it dropped not that long ago. It's in their, I think they're, they're in issue three or issue two or something, but, yeah. That, that's helps I, I think if I think that's a barometer of how dedicated fans are um, and also kind of like what the, the staying power of a book can be. You know like um, you know saga not just like the action figures but you know you've got like the the, the many plushes you know something like Scott Pilgrim which has like toys, board games, video game, etc etc And you know not not every book is also going to amount to that same level but I think, you know, if you have a, if you have like a really dedicated fan base, you know, like, um, we, Luana and I, uh, over the holiday, we, uh, I had this idea of like doing like, oh, a Bolero kind of like Christmas card. Um, and we, I, I, I told Image like, oh, we're doing this. It would be really cool if we could get this in stores and we missed the deadline by just like a day. And it bummed me out so much, because even though it wouldn't have been something that was for sale, it would have just been something that anyone could, like, you know, just grab on the way out of a comic store. I thought that, that like, that little tangible thing would have been so cool. And Luana and I, we've talked about, uh, I think we talked about um, possibly doing, like, rock keychains, like the ones that are in the book. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think, I think um, hopefully, I don't think any writer kind of creates a book and they have, like, you know, the, the, what's what's that Mel Brooks joke? That, like, merchandise kind of a, a mindset to just be like, we're gonna make all the, you know, it's, it's that, that to me is very, um, you know, like Marvel when they did Secret Wars, <laughs> where the only reason that that book existed was because I think it was, like, Kenner toys or something like that, was like, we gotta make a bunch of toys, so just, like, do whatever and, like, give everyone, like, new costumes and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: I forgot his name, but I think he wrote. Um,
1: he wrote this vinyl fucking phonogram, phonogram by Kieran Gillen. I think it was. Phonogram writer. They're, they're well known to
0: put like you know soundtracks in comic. Yes. Movies, right? Would you like to yeah. do that kind of style on, on your writing? Since
1: you're, I you're, think it's true. Says your your background is like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I did, um, I love music, and it's something, you know, it's something that's been a, I, it, it's so weird to say this, like, music has been a big part of my life, and it's like, well, who hasn't, who isn't that person? Because it's like, everyone listens to music, unless you're kind of like a sociopath. But I think there's, I think it's tricky to kind of give a soundtrack to a book, um, especially, like, if it's, Because I've noticed there are writers that when, you know, you go to the supplements of an issue, they'll have, like, a this was the soundtrack for this issue. And I think it's a great opportunity to kind of, like, you know, put, uh, you know, like, just recommendations generally. But I think it's tricky if you're doing a book and maybe you have, like, a oh, you should listen to this song for this page because there's no way to control how readers will, like, you know, skim through a book, because it's, like, if you put a song that's, like, three minutes, and they're reading, like, a single issue, yeah. you could, like, just, like, knock that out in the three minutes of the song. <laughs> right, right. Now, now um, you and
0: uh, Luana, um shared your, your soundtracks.
1: Yes. Based on your comic, right? But yes. has there been a moment where you and Loana disagreed on soundtracks that you've shared. It's like, hey, what do you think of this music? Like, uh, no, I. It's <laughs> we haven't we you know it's I'm lucky in that I'm very spoiled by our working relationship because we I I could probably count on one hand how many disagreements on like anything in general we've ever had, um, and they were all incredibly cordial and and incredibly just. Um, yeah, they were very minute things. Um, but we've never, we've actually never really talked in depth about music. Um, not out of like disinterest, but I just don't think it's ever come up as a conversation. And I know her music taste um, is very good. Um, and she, uh, I, I think it's very indicative of her books where there's this kind of like poppy, you know, kind of um, like darker synth wave kind of sound to things. Um, and every now and again in a conversation, like, when we were very early in development on the book, um, she would be like, oh, this, this scene kind of reminds me of, like, this song, or something like that, and I'd check it out, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I could, I could definitely see that, but, yeah, no, we've never, we've never really disagreed on that kind of stuff. I, it sounds so disinteresting of just, like, oh, we've never had any, we've never had any, like, hurdles to overcome. (laughs) You and Brandon, Brandon Graham, your colors are like, are like favorite. yeah. We're yeah. So Brandon and I, we met about I think it was five years ago. Um, we um, were we met at a party of a mutual friend, and I I don't know what I I don't know what it was. I was like twenty. I think I was twenty two at the time, mm-hmm. and. We just hit it off talking about comics. And what's funny, too, is that uh, the friend that invited me was... Uh, the, the mutual friend that invited me was like, Hey, I'm having a party. Brandon Graham is here. And I had no fucking idea who he was. <laughs> like, Like, I was like, okay... that's like being like hey my friend like john whatever is here i'm like okay sure and she was even just like i was like i don't know who that is and she's like oh famous comics guy and i was like yeah sure whatever and then you know i met him and he was super cool and he you know is is super passionate about comics and it is you know his lifeblood and i actually you? you know he's no, no. I didn't start reading his comics until, oh gosh, what was it? I think it was like a couple of years into our friendship. He gave me his his art book that he published um, through Image that you can still get. Um, and I was, you know, his style is, is, is incredible as an illustrator and as a colorist. And then I read his book, Multiple Warheads, like the first volume of it. And I was like, this is amazing. And then... Years like, yeah. When I moved to Portland, um, which he helped me do, um, he he gave me, you know, his, his basically his entire catalog of work from like King City, Multiple Warheads, Profit, um, and I had actually put off reading it for a while. You didn't even you didn't, you didn't you didn't even think of oh I'm gonna support my friend so that's why I'm gonna buy his his comics. Oh, no, I, I, I mean, like, I bought I, I, any chance I could get, I would buy it, but he's a very selfless guy, and, you know, he has just, like, tons of comps, and he was just like, Yeah, here, here, just, just take these, and for a while, even after he gave them to me, because, you know, he is, by all accounts, my, you know, he's not just my best friend, but in, in you know, in no uncertain terms, he's my mentor, you know, because he's been in the industry for, you know, decades at this point, and he's learned so much and his craftsmanship on his work is impeccable. And I genuinely think, you know, he's one of the greatest, you know, current working cartoonists and and comic creators right now. And as he would kind of like, you know, he's, he's, he's a creative consultant on all my works. And even when we're lettering, I'll kind of, you know, ask him like, Oh, you know, like, what do you, what do you think about this? And very, uh, very spontaneously sometimes we'll, throw something in there that was just not completely planned. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes it's, like, something that makes us laugh. Um, like, I don't, I think it's in the review copy that there's a part, uh, where Devin is at the bar and in the background there's, like, a guy standing there and it just has, like, a word balloon next to, or next to him that just says, cuck. <laughs> And there was no reason that was not in the script. There was nothing that provoked it. We just we just thought it was funny, and we just threw it in there. Um, but when we did the initial pitch for Image, um, because once again he's a, he's a great guy, um, he offered to letter it, and you know his 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 lettering style is so distinct, and he hand letters you know his own work, and he hand lettered the pitch pages, and he you know would go on to develop a font. So that way he could digitally do it that if you ever look at any of his work that he hand letters compared to the font that's in Bolero, it's like one for one. You would never be able to tell that it is not, like, wow. hand-lettered. That is amazing. Jeez. Okay, so, why did you ask Brandon Graham to draw this rather than... <laughs> oh, why? Um... I don't... I I think it just never... Was it because of his, uh, you know, his (laughs) 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 feet? No, I think it was... It just never really crossed my mind. I think it was... I mean, he always... It's kind of the same thing with why I didn't ask uh, Caspar from Homesick Pilots, is that, you know, when it's like a creator that is, you know acclaimed and working on their own stuff and brandon was working on his book rain like hammers that you know came out last year um i just didn't it it just never crossed my mind because i was like oh he's working on his own projects and he you know very much pushed me to be you know he was the one that told me like oh you know an unknown quantity of finding like a brand new illustrator is exciting and yeah, you know, it, it just made sense to me. And funny enough, when Luana and I did a short story for Heavy Metal, I actually initially asked Brandon to illustrate that short story, and we just never we never really had time. It just never really like worked out scheduling wise. And then when I asked Luana to do it, she was, like, totally game. But in that heavy metal issue, Brandon also did a short story, and I believe we're right next to each other. So it's kind of funny that I asked him to do the story. He couldn't do it, and we still ended up in the same heavy metal issue. (laughs) Say, like, oh, I'm doing something for heavy metal. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah no it's 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 very it's very weird and very cosmic and i'm very lucky that he's someone who i can say in some kind of whether it's kind of tenuous manner or not he's helping me color uh hopefully the next book that i do and he's very hands-on as a creative consultant as well because this one is hopefully going to be an ongoing series that i do next and he you know he did profit for many years, and so, you know, the the idea of doing an ongoing like, just daunting and frightening that <laughs> I would ask him, and I still ask him multiple times, like, how do I do this? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. Right, right. Um, I, I used to do comics.
0: I used to draw Yes. Comics. And, um, my own comics, not fucking, like, Marvel comics. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you f- of course, when you're a writer, and you try to find a collaborator who is an artist. And
1: yes. When you find the correct
0: style, with the second decision making for yourself, would, would, does it, does budget come come into mind for you as a writer when you're like when you're trying to find an artist, or how do how did you if you're going to pitch it to
1: to Image, how do you persuade Um, you know, another thing that Brandon kind of taught me is that I think, I think there's a lot of illustrators, especially up and comers, and it's completely understandable for up and comers to, you know, want, you know, you know, everyone, everyone should get paid for the work that they do. And I even told Luana, you know, and, and money never really was a discussion even at the forefront. She really just believed in the material, but if it was the off chance that, you know, Image said no to the book, I was still absolutely going to pay her for you know, the work that she did. It was just kind of lucky that you know, we we were brought on board and, you know, my, my other illustrators that I'm working with right now are very much the same way where it's kind of like um, I think you meet young illustrators who are very hungry for it and it's not out of desperation, but it's out of, you know, just like, you know, everybody's every, everybody needs compensation, everybody's got to eat. But you're lucky enough if you find a collaborator who, that's not really at the forefront of what they're thinking. They're not just like, oh, we can get paid to, to do this. It's kind of like a, a love of the game kind of thing. Yeah, so not like money, you know, not, 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 the, not the artist who thinks about money right away. Yeah, no. I, I generally I've been I've been generally told by some people that if an illustrator, you know, if you approach them and the first thing that they talk about is money, especially extensively, there's a relatively good chance that they might either not be entirely consistent or reliable because you know and, and the other thing too is that I think it it's a clear difference between pitching to someone you know, who's like, oh, yeah, I can get paid for this. And, you know, it, it's just like a job. And the illustrators that I work with, you know, I don't want it to just be like, oh, it's a, it's a living, you know, I want them, you know, they co-own it, like Luana co-owns Bolero with me. She is a creator, you know, she's co-creator on it, and she owns it as much as I own it. And I never wanted it to just feel like, oh, I'm just doing this book, you know. Okay, Um, so um, you said that uh,
0: you plan to. uh, Of course, uh, an artist can only draw a month, like a a comic book for uh, a month, right? And can't draw multiple books. But for writers, they can. They can can write
1: multiple books. Um, Do you plan to write more and collaborate more with artists? Um. Honestly, (coughs) I'm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm naively young in my career right now, and I have a, a, a very large amount of trepidation about the idea of taking on multiple books at once, and I, I, I commend and envy writers that are like, you know, like someone like uh, Donnie Cates, who I met uh, last month, actually, and he's a great guy and you know that man is like insane in terms of like you know he's doing hulk you know he's doing hulk thor venom crossover you know like so many books at once and the quality on them is impeccable and i i i just i don't think i work that way because i always fear that if you stretch yourself too thin you know it's going to impact the quality of the book and i i think that there's no greater sin for an ongoing, and not even saying, like, oh, a bunch of creators do this, I, it's just a personal thing, is that if you just kind of, like, treat it like, oh, I'm just going to crank out an issue and just get it done, because I would hope that every issue is something that a creator is, like, really slaving over and trying to make special and individual instead of just kind of, like, you know, there's, there's like, a difference between being, like, Oh, this one this one overarching story is really good and you can kind of bullet point the the moments in it versus being like, oh, this individual issue is is really, really strong, you know?
0: Right. Right. So I don't I don't know, I don't
1: think I I don't think I would I do I am working on different things that just kind of like, you know, catch catch me in the moment. Um but right now I would definitely say my biggest focus is just trying to do this um ongoing because it's wildly intricate and you know if it if it hopefully gets picked up it's gonna take up many years of my life. Wow, 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 Well do you plan to get this adapted into you know into other media Uh Bolero? Yeah. Do you plan Um you know, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. I don't want to... I, d- I don't want to seem... You know, it's it's very... Um, right now, I think we live in a time with comics, especially with indie comics, that... I think... And I think readers know this, too. It's very transparent when you can tell the creator is making a book to get a movie. Or to get a TV show. Yeah. Um, and... That is something that's never entered my mind, and I think it can be, it, you know, it can be very harmful because it just becomes like a throwaway elevator pitch of just like, oh, you know, it's 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 just blank meets blank. And with Bolero, funny enough, I it never really occurred to me to like be like, oh, it should be a movie or it should be like a TV series or something like that. But when the book was announced, I was at brunch with friends, um, and I was not, I was not told. When the book was going to be announced by Image, um, and the only way I found out is that the brunch place that we were at—that uh, I was at with my friends—it had a really, really bad reception. And in that little window when I was able to get like a message through, I got an email, and it was from—it uh, uh, <laughs> was from a company that was like what about those Bolero rights? And I was like, how do these people know about this? And then I get, I walk out of the restaurant and I get a flood of texts from friends who were like, they announced the book, And I'm like, I didn't know. So it's, you know, it's funny that like immediately, you know, there's a lot of companies that are like, oh, we want to like scoop this up because maybe it's the next big thing. But I, I don't know. I, I would want to be careful with that because I think there's a lot of, you know, there's best case scenarios that you get like a really, strong adaptation that exists on its own but you know there are other you know lesser adaptations that i think the worst thing it can do is you know not support the source material in a way that makes it accessible with the medium of television and film but also make it so that if it doesn't reach an audience then that audience is not going to want to read the book either (laughs)
0: And mm-hmm. They have a lot of insights, and more. I'm not saying like you've, like, you've crossed multiple, you know. <laughs> but but uh, with the love story between Natasha and Devin, mm-hmm. do, you, do you base it on your own? Do you base it on someone you, on someone you, know? Uh, you it's, know? It's. It's
1: like classic love story cliches. <laughs> Uh, it's an amalgamation of a a lot of things, you know, you can't, I don't think, you know, I, I think there is an importance to the kind of write what you know, but I also think it's important to kind of, like, expand your horizons and challenge yourself and go, like, oh, I don't know how to write this thing, so I'm just gonna, like, give it a shot, but I think with, you know, with this, um, it is based on real emotions and there are some real experiences in there that, um you know, I have gone through um, that I think if it wasn't there, it would, you know, it would... It would, it would I think audiences can tell when an emotional beat kind of rings hollow. There was a... It's funny, there was a YouTube video that I saw uh, last year that was this comics uh, commentator who was talking about, like, here's why romantic relationships in comics are poorly written, and it was like this it was this very strange thing where they were like oh writer like these writers obviously have never been in a romantic relationship and I was like I don't think that's true in any way that like we're all just kind of like you know I, I I don't think anyone's just writing like a fantasy scenario um, of just like this is what this relationship would be like um, but I I I think there's a lot that's pulled from me to make it authentic, and there's definitely points of just, like, absolute, you know, just, like, I'm making it up because it feels right for these characters, and there's also, a, a, there's there's a little bit of, you know, you you hear things from friends, or you hear things from, you know, just, like, offhand from, like, tangential relationships of other people, and maybe you hear something, and you're like, oh, that's good, and you just kind of, like, selfishly, like, I'm gonna save that for later, and maybe I'll just, like, put it in here, um, <laughs> like, and, and sometimes not at all, like, there's, um, that line in the first issue when Devon sees Nat at the party, and, you know, there's that line of, I love you, I could see that, That is <laughs> that is actually from, uh, I over, I heard it from, uh, <laughs> Trixie Mattel and Katya, the drag queens, on a Netflix YouTube video. <laughs> and I thought they they said it as a joke, and I thought it was one of the meanest things I've ever heard and how devastating it could be to someone and I was like, I'm gonna use that. Okay. Capra um oh capra, I mean, why did you choose a cat? Why a cat then not like um, well, it's, it's funny, uh, cause Capra, he's, you know, he's a giant cat, but he's specifically a lynx, um, and lynxes in a lot of, uh, you know, cultural folklore are creatures that observe the universe, and, uh, I was like, well, that's just kind of a no-brainer, um, and actually, the name Capra uh, is not something that I just, like, pulled out of my ass. It's an actual syndrome. It's an actual, like, delusion um, that is the belief that someone around you is an imposter and a replacement of a real person. Right, right. And, Which, um, naturally, <laughs> given the body hopping... <laughs> um, and, of course, um, Devin um, is, is, is a tattooist, a tattooer? right? Yeah, tattoo artist, yeah. Yeah, uh, do you have a like a passion for tattooing? Is that it? Right? That- I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm I have tattoos, uh, I have I'm, I'm not exactly someone who's like tatted up, um, but I, I I think I got my first one when I was like 21 or something it was like a super small one, and then you know that thing of just like, oh they're addictive, and then you just get like a whole bunch, um, but I always became—I've always been like really close friends with the tattoo artists that I've had, and just like hearing stories, and you know, a lot of them are telling me like, "Oh, it's a form of therapy," or you know, "It's it's it's so personal because of the permanence to it." Um, and I thought like, "Oh, a character that is doing something for other people that is permanent," and she can't accept the permanence of the things around her, especially with like people just moving on with their lives, or that a relationship can just be like permanently done, you know? Mm-hmm. So there is like a, an inside meaning of, you know, that relates to time. Oh yeah, no. There's 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 there is I will I will say that there is nothing wasted. Um, all of the names of the characters' last names have very particular meanings. As the book will go on, um, and I and I recommend whenever a new issue comes out that if you can read the the, the prior issues like back to back to back, um, there there's a lot of stuff that is reincorporated or takes on a new context. Uh, right.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. And uh, it seems like. Um has, like, I guess
1: he has, she has, like, 16 tattoos, but, yeah, yeah, it's like, how about you? <laughs> how about I, I don't think Lelona has any tattoos, I could be wrong, I've never asked her that, um, I have, did you dictate, like, what, what kind of designs do you want? No, and, and funny enough, I, I gave her free reign, My direction was make them as random and trashy as you can. Um, Like, there's things that I actually, like, I, like, there are tattoo, uh, like, placements that I don't like on people, like, naturally. Like, I do, I don't like butt tattoos. (laughs) There's something about them that I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I just don't vibe with that. And I, there's like that little, I think it's like a, I think it's like a broken heart or something on Devin's butt. And I remember seeing that and, like, just, like, just instinctually hating it. And I, I, I almost asked her to get rid of it, and then I was like, this is the character, this is not based on, like, what I have to like. But what I think is funny is that Luana, for, for you know, when we were developing it, I don't think she knew what I looked like, and, you know, if you, if you go to my social media, I don't have photos of me, and... Devin has a lot of floral tattoos, which so do I. <laughs> and I thought it was like this. I felt like I was like, oh, this is this is weirdly personal. And also, I am now afraid that anyone who sees Devin and then sees me in real life are gonna be like this fucking self insert. So wait so, you're saying, wait, so you're saying she hasn't seen me yet? No, she's seen me now, but in the beginning when we were developing the characters and the designing them, she had no clue, and I don't, like, I don't think she knew I had tattoos, and then to see Devin, who has, like, you know, all, all, all these different little things that are decently similar to mine, I was like, oh, I feel attacked right now. <laughs> because I gotta say, you look like
0: Devin's uh, co-worker, who's a tattoo guy, Oh, Ambo!
1: So funny enough, Ambo is actually based on someone. Um, they're based on uh, this this uh, internet personality named Steve Zaragoza, who was on the YouTube channel SourceFed many years ago, and I was a big fan of him, uh, and still am. Um, and I uh, I still watch his videos. He has a YouTube channel right now with his friends called the Valley Folk, which is like fantastic. And I. I, the name Ombo, like the name of the tattoo artist in the book, was actually the name of my first tattoo artist. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna kinda honor him, put him in here, and model this character after Steve because it just feels like you know, just some decisions you can't really explain it, and you're just like, Oh, this feels right. And I emailed Steve, and we had never spoken before, he had no idea who I am, and I was just like, Hi, I'm working on a comic and I'd like to base this character off of you and he was like Cool, <laughs> and just said yes, and just like just was completely game for it, and I'm I'm very grateful for him to to do that. <laughs> cool. So, Valera's uh, gonna come out this week, right? Yes, Wednesday the nineteenth. Do you plan to go to your uh, local comic book store and go up there and set up a table and say, "Hey, free signing <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how stores are dealing right now in terms of signings, uh, with you know, with the variant going on. Um, but I, I definitely there's a, there's a store there's a couple stores near me that I'm definitely probably going to go in there with a silver pen. How's the, how's the scare over there? Like up and down? Uh, it's not it's not terrible. Um, there's definitely been some things like uh, certain restaurants and certain businesses are just. Kind of like, hey, we're not really like admitting a whole lot of people in here right now, and I know that there are some places that are just like completely taking a break, uh, just because it is really impacting their business. Uh, Comic shop seems to be doing like pretty okay, and you know, everyone you know has to show their their vaccination card, but I definitely think that probably for a little while. Uh, signings might be off the table. <laughs> I've known, I've definitely known too many people, even just innocuously, who have just like gone to the movies, who have come back and been like, "Well, I got COVID." Oh wow! I think but I'm definitely, cool. I'm probably gonna go in there with like a silver pen and just ask the <laughs> owner, like, "Hey, can I just like sign a couple of these?" <laughs> or just get a stack and just get a marker and just sign everything and just get out of there. <laughs> oh yeah, just like a, just like a weirdo. Like they could be like, was that really the writer or not? Or That's they could funny. just be like, he's <laughs> just a crazy person that walks in and was like, I wrote this.
0: Benno, Benno, stop doing that. <laughs> That's my good buddy. That's my. I find Uh So, um, when
1: do you guys? Uh, when do you and uh, Loana plan to meet up? Or. or... Um, you know, it would be cool if you know when, when, whenever major conventions really open up. I was actually at not as a not as a vendor because you know I don't have anything out like physically yet, but uh, just as a kind of like spectator, and I was there with friends. I went to Emerald City Comic Con uh, last year uh, in Seattle, and that was pretty cool. Um, but, uh, I th- you know, if, if things really open up and, you know, travel is really cool and things seem to be a lot more chill, I, I would love it if Luana could, come to the States, or alternatively if, like, you know, uh, there's, like, bigger conventions in Europe, um, it would be so cool to go there, um, I feel like I would probably need uh, a friend <laughs> who can speak Italian to try to act as, like, my translator, um, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you I know, uh, just a little bit, yeah. So um congratulations Mr. Wyatt Kennedy. And thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, like uh what a character says in your book um Great Tits. <laughs> <laughs> and as as she would say suck my clit. <laughs>